Hi, my name is Amber with Dermcast TV, and I'm sitting here today with Dr. Neil Bhatia, Director of Clinical Dermatology at Therapeutics Clinical Research in San Diego, California. Thank you for sitting with us and talking today. Thank you. We're talking about something that we see every single day in clinic. Very, 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 very common. And I'm excited to hear your take on actinic keratosis and the best modalities of treatment currently available. Yeah, it was uh, something near and dear to my heart about teaching about actinic keratosis. Blessed because I live in San Diego for one thing, but for two, it's something that affects everybody, no matter where you live, which climate, your age. It's no longer a Medicare disease. And more importantly, it's something we can really use our tools to treat through, not just treat what we see, but treat what's coming. Tell me your approach when you see a patient walk in and you're thinking about actinic keratosis. So actinic keratosis has to be defined. Is it a symptom of long-term photo damage? Is it the disease itself? Is it something that works its way to squamous cell? Somewhere in there is the patient who comes in and says, well, I have this spot that doesn't heal, or I've got a bunch of rough spots. You know, someone said I should get these treated. I'm worried about skin cancer. I haven't seen a dermatologist. What, what should I be doing? So when the patient brings those up, that at least makes the discussion easier. But when we have to do a skin check and feel for them, which is, again, something we feel for and not see more often, it, it brings the discussion to light about the severity that, you know, should be in the patient's mind about thinking about skin cancer. So that being said, I mean, it's what we do in the office combined with what we do at home that brings education about the disease state for the long run, because we don't just see these people and say adios, we treat them for, for decades, right? And we're not just treating what we see now. We want to think about what's coming and how do we prevent further sun damage and further development of, of AKs. And one of the favorite analogies I have is, like, is thinking about cavities. So look, just like the dentist who goes with the probe, finds a cavity, same thing we do in the clinic, we feel for the AKs, run our fingers over and where it catches, that's one we should treat but we also know that there's 10 more that are coming. And just like we brush our teeth every day, we, we do that to prevent a problem. We should be thinking about sunscreen in the same fashion. Absolutely, it's come to light that it's very important to treat both clinical and subclinical lesions. Right, and this concept of subclinical is interesting because it's not something we can count or document typically or even accept into a, a clinic note, but at the same time we know that that whole area that's been all sun damaged is ready for developing more spots. So I think to get into the patient's mindset that, okay, we're gonna do something in the office, I'm gonna give you something topically to put on, we're gonna do something for prevention strategy, it's all encompassing in the, in, the, in the strategy. In a time that we now have many treatment options, tell me a little bit about your utilization of these in clinic. Well, their, their frequency and the duration of treatments, they vary from anywhere from a two to three day treatment, which is injured mebitate gel, all the way to three months, twice a day, which is diclofenac gel and in between is a Micromont cream and topical 5-FU, which has very different recipes. And they all have a purpose, they're all drugs, they, they wouldn't be on the market if they didn't do something. But at the same time, there's a right candidate for each therapy. There's someone who doesn't want to get red, for example. There's someone who doesn't want to blow up, they, you give them diclofenac gel. There's someone who wants to get treatment over with and they're only good for a couple days, you give them Injolmepitate gel. There's someone you want to rotate therapy for, maybe give them something immediate and then down the road taper the dose, maybe that's a Miquelmont for them. Or someone who's you know, just very ruddy, who's got a lot of desquamation need, that's probably the 5-FU patient. So anywhere in between is a, is a decision tree that goes by their presentation, whether it be face and scalp, whether it be extremities, or, or what have you. 
Do you feel that there is an indication to change treatment modalities every so often based on the patients um, sort of getting acclimated to that? Yeah, well, and, and it's not because of tolerance or because of building up uh, resistance. It's more about changing the strategy. Um, like I said, 5FU is built on epidermal change about turnover and it creates desquamation, which is why their skin reactions are such. Imiquimod's using the immune system as a mediator for surveillance. Um, has a has a double mode of action for both, even though it's a little bit uh, less often that you apply the medicine, it's still working for the, those uh, couple weeks. And diclofenac gel takes, it, it takes advantage of, of the way that the, the cyclooxygenase pathway turns over the skin. So they all have a method. And I think somewhere in there you can incorporate at least, you know, two or three approaches with that, uh, with that same patient. And with that also goes, how do you incorporate photodynamic therapy in mixed with liquid nitrogen? You know, there's a lot of studies, data that shows microneedling can help the efficacy of photodynamic therapy, that warming the skin is good for improving efficacy. And there's also a rotation strategy between freezing and doing, doing blue, or blue light or red light, depending on, on the preference also. In your clinic, when you're treating a patient with photodynamic therapy, how long do you recommend that they sit with the medication on them prior to treatment? So I'm a I'm still a believer in two hours, and the reason is the, there's good data that shows logarithmic conversion to protoporphyrin nine is best when it's allowed to incubate for two hours. So that being said, there are people who can only sit for 15 minutes. There's a movement of daylight PDT. There's you know people who just say one hour is enough. I, I'm still a believer in two hours. Um, there's also data that shows three hours under occlusion with the extremities is probably most efficacious. But again, there's a there's a reality to patients sitting with you for two hours. But that being said, I, you know, you have to prepare the patient the right way. You have to have them bring their work, bring a book, you know, do something for the time that they're going to be sitting in the office, and you have to make sure they protect themselves when they go outside afterwards. Absolutely. That patient education component is key. Yeah. From a patient education standpoint, speaking of that, what do you instruct your patients to do on a daily basis to best protect their skin? I mean, aside from sunscreen, aside from UV protective clothing, I'm, I'm a good believer in polypodium leukotomus as a maintenance because it, it really does a lot to, to change the way the skin interacts with UV light. And again, it's not a chemopreventive strategy. It's not meant to be more than photoprotection, but I think what we're seeing with the way that people can reduce the risk of sunburn, the way that you know, it can be incorporated into photoprotection you know, regimen, I, I think it's something that people should be doing more often. You know, you tell them you know, to take it before they go play golf or go out in the sun for a couple hours. You know, some people will just do that even when they're doing a long driving trip or people who work outdoors. Uh, there are good sunscreens out there. They contain a lot of different agents that you know, are both you know, blocks as well as sunscreens. I think the photoliasis uh, in sunscreen, it goes by the brand name Aerophotona, is, uh, is a good sunscreen to do daily for the, for the way it causes, uh, for the way it helps with uh, photo protection and maybe some element of chemo prevention, then I would probably incorporate uh, a little more conventional sunscreen uh, for in between. Perfect, those are all great pearls. Thank you so much for taking the time to kind of take us from A to Z as far as actinic keratosis treatment options. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today. Thanks. For Dermcast TV, this is Amber. Thanks for watching.